As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hogan Johns. Disappointed in the loss today. I thought we started out well. We ended up scoring on our first two series, which was excellent. I thought the pass to Pringle was really nice. Third down and goal here. Simeon over the middle, threads it through, and Pringle pulls it away for the Bears touchdown. Obviously, the second half wasn't good enough, you know, for either side of the ball. No excuses, no explanations. Just wasn't good enough. This is bad, Dory. Covering the Bears from CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. He's got Scott. Yes. Man, he's such a cool guy. Exactly what he just said. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Oh, that's awesome. Simply incredible. The elite. You're the best, man. We're better than that. That was bad. We gotta do a better job. Very bad. That's all faces. It's Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. After another Bears loss. Number two in the draft order now, Johns. That's a win, right? For the the tank seasoners. Tank seasoners? Another loss for the... It's a tank victory. Tank the win, win in the draft. Yeah. They got I me. Mean, they had a lot of bad things happen today, but it's just different when Justin doesn't play, huh? What's well, it's different than a, when a lot of guys don't play. <laughs> yeah. Now, some of those players were lost. That's bad during this yeah. game. That, that's really bad when Eddie Jackson goes down the way he did. But when you're missing two of your rookies, yeah, it's this game is what it is and didn't really mean much other than a better positioning for the draft. No, I felt fairly confident that it was not going to be very close either. I was actually surprised that it was kind of close at halftime, but it still had that feeling of like, if you're really watching that first half, I think I turned to Mark Carmen here in our CHGO studios at halftime, and I was like, I got the Jets still winning by 14 at least. See, like I thought it could be kept close because Matt Eberflus is like, even some of these close two wins have been, they've all been close. Even their losses have felt close. This one, Obviously got away for him for for various reasons, but when you're down to backups of backups at right tackle and in the secondary, you're going to have problems. You're going to get losses like this, even against the Jets who are playing their backup quarterback, who's probably better than the starter. Yes, although the Bears made him look like a Hall of Famer today, and Joe Davis was getting way too excited about Mike White in the broadcast. It was like, and I love Joe Davis, but it was like, all right, okay. Name one player in the Bears secondary that's playing right now. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, come on. Um, But yeah, so good day for the tank because not only do the Bears lose, 
but you had the Jaguars win. You had the Browns win, which will be the Texans pick, but still it's up to the Browns to uh, win those games. And then um, what was the other one? The Panthers. The Panthers won. Well, one, two. One of those teams had to win. It was the Broncos That's and true. the Panthers. Was it not? So one of those teams had to but the Panthers, get the four wins. But the Panthers were ahead of the Bears, and um, I don't know. I still think the Broncos' talent overall is probably better. So if you're banking on one of those teams losing out, I feel like the Panthers had the more likelihood of doing so. But um, regardless, it worked out for the Bears because there is a catch in this whole thing. Like the Bears, part of the reasons why the Bears are projected right now to have the number two overall pick is because most of the teams behind them have played one fewer game, at least one one fewer game, um, because they've already had their bye weeks. And the reality is, is if they all, if so, you got Denver, Vegas, um, the Rams, and the Steelers, who are all still three-win teams like the Bears are, and the Bears would actually lose the tiebreaker to all of those teams. So... Yes, they're from two to six. Right. So so right now they would be guaranteed, and this could change by the time some of these games are over. I think the Rams might be winning right now, or they were in that game. Uh, Pittsburgh plays tomorrow. The Rams Uh, are, oh, hold on. The Rams are losing. Rams are losing. 13 to three to Chiefs, yes. Okay, so they're, and they're probably going to lose that game. Um, Vegas, though, Vegas has been hanging in there with Seattle on this game. So maybe they pick up a win here. Regardless, right now the Bears are guaranteed to be in the top six with their current, um, with being at three wins, only three wins. But um, it all helps, and that's that's all great because I know people are paying attention to that, and we will continue to cover it for you down the line. Now, in terms of what it means for the quarterback, um, I still think it's beneficial for him to play more this season i think he will play more this season he could come back next week against the packers but you saw the way that game played out and i feel like it would have been ridiculous had justin fields been on the field during that game today well it was rainy his teammates kept dropping like flies which which isn't a good scene like not not just like backups but your your most important players, your Eddie Jackson, non-contact injury and a back pedal on what turned out to be a touchdown for the Jets, a long touchdown for the Jets. That's not a good sign. It's never a good sign when they're ruled out immediately. Darnell Mooney, he got rolled up uh, behind. Uh, it was a David Montgomery run. I think David Montgomery was actually one of the players that fell on his left leg. Not a good sign. He was immediately deemed doubtful to return. So two of your best players didn't make it out of this one. You were down to your third string right tackle, Michael Schofield. Riley Reef left with a shoulder injury, right? Yep. Re- replaced by Larry Borum. We yep. never got specifics on what he left the game with, but he went straight to the locker room, did and not return. And he wasn't playing well. Michael Schofield became your right tackle. So that's a problem against the Jets, who get after the quarterback quite well. And just, it just felt like it was going to be a sloppy day. Rainy, that field has a history of taking out players now, and we saw that happen to the Bears. So if you're looking for positives, it's good. It's a good thing that the long term was kept in focus for the Bears and Justin Fields, and he's at this one out. Although I was never, I never thought he was going to play after he talked to us on Wednesday. Like the vibe I got that he was going to keep that long term in focus and sit out at least this week. Yeah, and I think that made sense overall. I 
you know, if he was medically cleared and couldn't make the injury worse, I could see the side of it being like, hey, he wants to gut things out. He wants his teammates to be, you know, know that he's going to play through. I think they already know that stuff. And I, I, I think that I think it's personal. He's been playing through things already. Yeah. There's no so, need to risk further damaging a separated shoulder, even if the doctors deem that minimal. And you can make the same argument this week. It's the Packers. You know he's going to want to play against the Packers. Well, sure, but then you got a bye week after that. So if you really want to be careful and not rest, you know, and not make anything worse, I think the play would be to sit him. But it is Packers week, and um, I think there's something to gain to being able to beat Green Bay. Well, for all first year head coaches, John Fox did it, Matt Nagy did it, Mark Tressman. So, so maybe not actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right. If right. you think about it, in the long term of things, I, I, I hate to say it, that I'm, but I'm really, I'm never one for tanking. I don't think players tank, locker rooms don't tank, coaches don't tank. Like front offices may think of tanking, but knowing what we know about Ryan Poles, he doesn't want to tank, but. At this point, you're you're thinking of draft positioning. Like, what's next? You look at like the who who the Bears had on the field at points in this game, and, and you question whether or not they're going to be here next year. There was a lot of players like that. Even some of the young guys. You know, you know how fast things change. A big draft class comes in. You make a couple free agency additions, and maybe Elijah Hicks doesn't have a spot on this roster. That's what happens when you're overhauling a roster. Oh, sure. I mean, I think there's there's very few players that are locks. To be on this team going forward, like, like maybe ten. <laughs> Seriously, like it, it's like absolute locks. Um, there's there's not many, and you know I think that that's where a lot of these reps still matter. Should matter now. One of my concerns is, uh, and Nicholas Moriano gave this nugget from the press con- pre- press conference. Excuse me, press box when he came on with us. Um, following the game today, he, he's it's not really surprising, but he said that there was a uh, an audible f bomb from the uh, general manager when Darnell Mooney got hurt, and because um, that's 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 a piece that's a that's a lot a going piece. forward, yeah. and even in the short term, okay, Darnell Mooney, let's say worst case scenario is out for the rest of the season. Okay, you know what he is. You're going to be comfortable bringing him back next year. Probably everything's going to be fine. But if you're trying to maximize what you can still get out of the season with Justin Fields and that evaluation, well, you want his number one wide receiver on the field. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I don't even think it's an evaluation. I think the word, the E word that should be used is experience. The more experience that Justin Fields gets playing sure. with Darnell Mooney in this offense, with Chase, with Chase Claypool in this offense, it's all good. With Cole Clement in this offense, that's what you want. You need the experience to catch up with the talent. Like that was one early thought I had had on this game. You see Trevor Simeon getting the ball out, going deep to chase Claypool. Justin Fields can do that too. He definitely can do that too. It's just experience. The experience that Justin Fields needs needs to catch up and catch up to his natural talents that we've seen really, you know, drive the Bears offense over the past six, seven weeks. Yeah, and and like I get it, and I, we have a comment here. Mooney's overrated. He's not a number one, sure, but uh, he's the Bears' number one wide receiver on this team, and he's a pretty darn good number two. And and, and I still think he's a he's definitely a piece that's still on this and, team and going forward. Like 
I, I, I get that complaint about Darnell Mooney, but how many real number one wide receivers are there? Like four or five? Well, correct. It's probably an but, overused term. Yeah, I agree, but... Like guys that transcend scheme, city, quarterback, all those guys. Like Justin Jefferson is a legitimate number one. If he's if he's having that type of season with my guy, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins' numbers are down compared to the past. Like, it's yeah. number one right there. Uh, and and no, I'm just... No, of course not. But I think he's just in the, right now. He's still an option that you'd rather have on the field to help the quarterback get that experience yes. that you're talking about. Yes, in the grand scheme of things, and especially since he's going to be here next year. Did you notice? And this was kind of an issue throughout the game today, which I was a little disappointed in Trevor Simeon because typically, when you have an experienced backup come in, at a minimum, you just want things to like operate smoothly. You're, you know, I'm not Bunch. saying like you're putting up anywhere near the same amount of points or moving the ball as effectively, but like I'm talking pre-snap, get the play in, snap the ball. There seemed to be way too much confusion throughout the game. But did you notice like right after Mooney went out, there was extra confusion with the wide receivers, you know? So that you don't want to see more of that just if Mooney's going to miss time because he's the one guy that's on the field for almost every play and, you can count on to at least you know know where to be and where to go. Well, you think sometimes you forget who, what, like what role you have on that given play, yeah. especially if you're taking over Mooney's spot. Someone else is taking over your spot. You have Chase Claypool still learning the offense. Byron Pink Pringle, who hasn't played much this year. I mean, he made a nice touchdown catch. He made a couple nice catches, actually, through traffic. But he hasn't played a lot this year. He just hasn't. Yeah. You know, Equinemius St. Brown has played the most snaps out of any receiver. And this yeah. is a guy who barely played all of last season. That's just the the state of affairs for the Bears receiving core. Um, comment here from John as we're live on YouTube today. Uh, he said one silver lining is that maybe the Mooney injury forces chemistry between Claypool and Fields. And it was interesting to hear the comments from uh, Trevor Simeon after the game because it almost sounded like he was trying to force that today. It's like he's a good player, wanted to get him involved. And um, I think there's a re- – Maybe that's a benefit. Here's what I would say. If someone asks a fair question at the end of the first quarter today, is how come Simeon's in the game and all of a sudden Claypool's more involved? Well, I think that's that idea. Like You're almost like are forcing it. The thing about having Fields in there right now, you don't want Fields forcing anything. You want him taking what is being given to him. Whereas I think when you put in a backup like Trevor Simeon, there's really, you know, not a whole lot to lose. You can afford to take some more shots um, and maybe force the ball into some situations that you wouldn't do. And right now, I don't think they're having, and they don't want Justin Fields to be doing those things. Um, well, so getting back overrate- to the comment, maybe Mooney being out, like he has no choice but to go to Claypool more. Well, let's not also overrate. He only had two catches. True. I know one went for a, a big gain. What was the long? I know mean, he had two catches, 51 yards. What was the one, the long one? 31 yards. The other one was 20. Uh, I, it's good. Positive developments. I mean, but I think in most cases, you could tell Justin Fields. You got single coverage on Chase Claypool. Even if he's going up against a stud rookie cornerback, take your shot. Take your size advantage. Take advantage of the leaping ability that Chase Claypool has. I, I think you, you saw Justin Fields try a couple of those. I, I don't know if it's forcing it, but... Maybe it's just anticipating it more, you know, pre-snap and seeing that and just making that 
predetermined decision to go do it. He's also got to win, you know, and I think that there was sometimes you look at the film from last week where I think they were trying to get the ball to Claypool and he didn't win his one-on-one. So, you know, that that's part of it too. He's He's got to... He's got to do more, quite frankly. I didn't, I didn't even, like even that play he made out on the sideline where he got the call today. I didn't, I didn't think he attacked the ball well enough. Like, go up and get it, dude. He kind of waited for the ball to come down to him. You got to go up and attack the football. So I still need to see more from him. Do you think the Bears are having second thoughts about their decision to give up their second rounder, which now looks like what the thirty ninth, fortieth pick? At worst, yeah. Well, I mean, right now, right now, it would be thirty fourth, thirty fourth. Right now, um, are they having second thoughts? I think they're probably having some doubts. I mean, I, I think it's too early for that. I do think that even though it was only two catches today, it was a small step in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I have to think that they're. They're hoping to get more out of Claypool at this point than they have. Now, if you're going to... also... Can I, can I inject a little bit? I also think it's a long-term play based off... Sure. They're not being like that legitimate number one, like top five, top ten wide receiver. Knowing that the, the options in free agency could be very limited and you could be vastly overpaying for those limited options. Like You needed to add somebody. And by adding that Ravens second-round pick... Like it helps, it definitely yeah. helps with that Roquan Smith trade. But I think, like my my question was a hypothetical, not a hypothetical, you know, more you know just about conversation. But like Chase Claypool was a long term move, or at least a two year move, because you need help for Justin Fields in twenty twenty three. Right, but when you say the word long term, I'm like, well, he's only under contract for one more year. So you know, when do you make that long term decision? Yeah, I, I mean, has he done enough? And certainly there's still more games to be played this year, but that's another reason why I'm saying I think you want Fields out there <laughs> to see more of this uh, with Claypool. But, like, you're not giving him a long-term extension right now. Yeah. I, if I had to rank him against the guys that are up for those long-term extensions, he's probably number three, four, right? Because Mooney, two. You got what, Mooney? Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. Guys who need new deals. And some of those guys... I guarantee you at least one of them is going to go into next year on a contract year. Kind of like a prove-it situation. Maybe an option for the franchise tag in a couple of years. But those are some decisions that can be made. Like, you don't have to sign Chase Claypool to some lucrative extension after this year. You can play it out with him. Sure. And uh, But, yeah. I don't Absolutely. know if he'll be up for that, but... Right, well, that's the point. Like the issue. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, it, it doesn't mean that... Um, that that will play out the way you want it to. Um, good point from William. I keep forgetting that there's actually only 31 first round picks this year because the, the Dolphins forfeited pick. Right? Yeah, the Dolphins uh, for their you know the whole Brian Flores possibly tanking all that nonsense. They they were uh, penalized a first round pick, and um, so that would actually be the 33rd pick. That the Bears, as of yeah, right now, yeah, that the yeah. Bears traded Baltimore. I got you, and and that helps too with, like, I don't like using the word tanking. I I really don't. But for Ryan Poles, you're trying to make the absolute best out of a pretty bad situation. You really are, just in terms of overhauling this team. Now you have a bunch of injuries. You're starting quarterback. 
your one major bright spot this year is dealing with a separated shoulder. Like those are a lot of bad things to be dealing with. So you got to make the best out of it. The best way to look at it, and I know he's not doing this, but is looking at the draft positioning. Like look at the the Jaguars today. By beating, like, by coming back and beating the Ravens today, like that helps you. Because now the, the the Jaguars were a top 10 pick team. Now they're number 11. And that helps them. Like that improves the Bears' second round, second second round pick, which previously belonged to the Ravens. That helps. That's, well, that's the the optimistic way to look at the outcomes of today's games. Well, and look, any team you can stay ahead of that might be looking for a quarterback, that's good because you are um, potentially getting in position where some team is going to want to give you a boatload of picks. Um. You know, to get one of those quarterbacks. And, you know, maybe at the end of the day, you still look at those picks and you go, you know what? This pass rusher that's staring us in the face is still better. Um, and that's that's fine too. Um, but, you know, I still look at teams like Seattle's going to have Denver's pick. It's been great with Geno Smith. But after trading Russell Wilson, don't you think that they're going to be in the mix for a quarterback or at least yeah. evaluating those quarterbacks? How about Las Vegas? You know, a lot of people think Derek Carr is going to be the end up being the one that takes the fall for uh, their struggles. They looking for a quarterback. Detroit. Detroit could be looking. I don't know if you want to. Green Bay. Uh, I don't know if you want to make an interdivisional trade um, with. I certainly not with the Packers, right, or Detroit. But um, they have two first round picks at their disposal, though. Yeah, I mean, but that's a another reason why you. Um, you got Green Bay, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Washington. It's a lot of all teams. All potentially looking to make major moves in their middle first round right now. Pittsburgh. They could draft a Kenny Pickett. Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh yeah. So again, it's all, it's I still, John, to be honest, would you would put more value like I would still put more value in, like, not being afraid, and I'm not saying the Bears would be. But don't let that get in the way of decisions you make with Justin Fields, because to me, his experience. I'm not even talking about winning or losing with him on the field. I'm just talking about him being on the field, which we've seen gives you a better chance to win games. You saw that today. Better no team, question. better offense. Quite frankly, Justin Fields is your team in your offense right now, which is a very, very good thing that it's gotten to that point. You should be very happy about that if you're a Bears fan. Um, so you cannot be afraid of that costing you draft picks, in my opinion, because his experience is still more valuable than that. You're still going to have a first-round pick. You're probably still going to be on the top in the top 10, worst-case scenario, somewhere. Um, it's To me, it's still important that he plays. The experience. Yeah. He just needs it. It's his second year, but it's his first year in Luke Getze's offense. Luke Getze's still learning to be a play caller, still learning how to find a rhythm for himself early and often in games. Every experience is needed for a young team like this. And I think this applies to the rookies who missed today, too. I like the long-term... Like, Look, if they didn't pass concussion protocol, there was no way that Kyler Gordon and the Jaquan Brisk were playing in this one. But they need the experience, too for the, the long-term vision of this team. They're supposed to be cornerstones for that defense, for that secondary. That secondary looked 
extremely shorthanded today at times. Well, they were. Yes. yes. <laughs> by the yeah. by the end of it, they had. I guess if you're gonna starting count safeties were DeAndre Houston Carson and Elijah Hicks by the end of the day. So the only start regular starter they had out there was Kendall Vildor. And well, Jalen Johnson played. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jalen Johnson was out there. Yeah, too. but Kendall Vildor's been in and out. Yeah, and he did and he got both of those touchdowns, I think, were yeah, were on him. Well, I think Eddie Jackson makes a play somewhere in that ball, that that the fifty four yarder. For the Jackson, sure, the but did you see Vildor like fall down, not make the tackle? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, I yeah. s- it was a heck of a juke move in the middle right. of the field by a very good top 10 receiver. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm just trying to think, like, defensively, it's just become such a mess. I mean, Jack Jack Sanborn, he was a positive again. But that's like it. Notes for the ball, yeah. Bold prediction came through. Armand Watts gave me my D-line sack. (laughs) The rare Bears defensive line sack. 
You jinxed Chase Claypool again. Yeah. This, this is 100% your fault, just like Cole Always. Komet. Always. Yeah. I feel like I have to go back to the, the well in the Cole Komet bold predictions just to jumpstart things again. But I can see him. If Justin Fields comes back against the Packers, I can see him being productive as again. Yeah. Um. Interesting pregame. Who's going to play quarterback? Uh, this close to watching Nathan Peterman, everybody. But so, like, let me. I, I did not go on this trip, but my understanding is that the Bears made a press box announcement that Nathan Peterman was going to start. Then all of a sudden, it wasn't Nathan Peterman. Yes. It was back to Trevor Simeon, who, who injured his oblique, who was embarrassed he injured his oblique before the game and now wanted to gut out the injury against the Jets. Well, well my favorite part was, John's that they announced in the press box to the Bears reporters, they, they, I was told they huddled them all together. They were like, hey, Nathan Peterman's starting. And it wasn't long after that before Jay Glazer was on Fox saying that Trevor Simeon's still trying to play. <laughs> Which had to come from the somebody there. Yeah. So which wires got crossed there? A lot of wires got crossed because I think all the NFL Network guys were also tweeting that Nathan Peterman was about to play. Yeah. So. Ah, it's all fun. Who really cares to be at, at the end of the day? Well, that, <laughs> did you see that was my official reaction? <laughs> we were going through all these scenarios. I finally was like, I don't care who plays. It's not Justin Fields. So does it really matter? I don't it's think It's kind so. of a dire way to look at it, but. It's what it was. It's what it is when you're a three-win team, your starting quarterback is dealing with a serious left shoulder injury, and then you start losing some of your better players as the the minutes and the quarters pass in New yeah. Jersey. Um, your gut right now, does Justin Fields play against the Packers? Yes. Yes. Should he play against the Packers? Um, Probably not. Well, if he's cleared, he's clear. I don't. Ha- I don't mind him playing. I do have concerns at receiver. Let's not forget that Chase Claypool also seemed to be banged up at the end of this one. Yeah. Like, who's your starting right tackle? That's mm-hmm. a problem. But if he's cleared, and if Matt Eberflus feels like Justin Fields can protect himself, then he plays. He needs that experience. He wants that experience. He wants to play. I get it. Maybe the long-term move is to force him into the bye week and to get through this Packers game is just what it is, but I could definitely see him playing against Green Bay. I think you also... I'm not saying that you have to factor... I mean, when it comes to fields, you just factor in his medical, right? Is he cleared? Is he not cleared? How's he feeling? It shouldn't have anything to do with the defense. But when you start looking at this defense, like as bad as it's been for the Packers, are they going to be able to stop... The Packers? I mean, who? A, a lot could depend on if. Playing. Right. Is Brisker back? Is Gordon back? I mean, Eddie Jackson's almost certainly going to be out based on what we saw with that injury. I just, it's getting so thin on defense right now that, you know, I could. 
Just see it right now. There goes Christian Watson for another 50-yard touchdown. Yeah, wide open. Teams will tell yeah. you that like the injury situations of other players don't factor into their decision-making for like this given player. But you have to think about it a little bit. Like If Michael Schofield's playing right tackle, yeah. that's a problem. Well, what... And then, like, at what point do you have to get Alex Leatherwood here involved in something? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Well, he's kind of blocked. If you if if you want him playing guard, which I do think is probably his best long term position, Tevin Jenkins is playing so well. You're not putting him there. Cody Whitehair, you're not taking him out. So now, are you forcing him back in to try to play right tackle, which didn't work out so well for him in Vegas? I don't know, but someone's got to play there. Give him a shout out right tackle. Yeah, maybe. So uh someone said I'll be starting Christian Watson in fantasy next week. <laughs> Probably a good move. <laughs> it is what it is, Adam Hogg. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, I think the Bears are starting to become a good uh, fantasy opponent. Garrett Wilson today, five catches, ninety five yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. That's looking like a nice little pick. Oh, the benefits of having multiple first-round selections, huh? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice come although, 2024? Well, 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 although, although, they may have gotten the quarterback selection wrong. Correct. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. One of the few teams the Bears have faced recently where they often wonder what their situation would be like if they had Justin Fields playing quarterback. And another one next week. Could have had them, Packers. Yep. Could have had them. Could have made that trade. Do the Broncos have to fire uh, Nathaniel Hackett, right? Like tomorrow morning? Tonight? I mean, that's just a mess there in Denver. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. I, I think you had the best read on it all, Adam, is, is that they hired him with the idea, with the belief, the firm belief, I should say, that they were getting number 12 along with them. He did not hop on that plane. Aaron Rodgers did not hop on that plane with Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I think it worked out horribly for both teams. And instead you got Russell Wilson, who by all accounts should be good, especially with that receiving core. I mean, that, that's a talented receiving core that they have in Denver, and it's just a mess. Which is why, and you're stuck with Wilson. You can't you can't get away from that. You, you have to, I'm not saying there's a head coach out there that's going to fix it all, but it's not Nathaniel Hackett. No, no. Uh, I don't think they have any choice. Now they can wait till the end of the season, but they're gonna have that's gotta be a one and done. It just has to be. Russell Wilson was nineteen for thirty five. Nineteen for thirty five for one hundred and forty two yards. <laughs> the defensive players were yelling at him on the sideline. It was it was ugly. It was ugly. Woo. But it helped the Bears because the Panthers won. Yes. So there you but it might be hard for the Broncos to squeak out a win. And the Bears are going to need the Broncos to win at least one more game. All right. Um, any other final thoughts? No. No, don't think too much about this one, everybody. I'm trying Seriously. not to. I had uh, quarterback didn't play. It is what it is. Yeah. Too many uh, players got hurt. I was going to empty out my notebook before we uh, left here, but this is what it looks. that's what it looks like. A good summary of today's game against the Jets. That's a blank notebook for those listening at home. 
Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can get me at allchgo.com. Merchandise, obviousshirts.com. Oh, they're having a big Black Friday sale, Cyber Weekend, and a uh, portion of the proceeds help 22Q Family Foundation. Appreciate everybody that's jumped in there and helped us out. Uh, we'll be back Tuesday. Well, well I more. got a big Jack Sanborn story coming out this week. So You do? Check it out on theathletic.com. All right. 14 tackles today. He seems to be everywhere. I'll give him that. All right, we're out of here. We'll talk to you Tuesday. See ya. Anyway, uh, who cares?